The reading is taken from Mark, chapter 15, verses 21 to 39. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha ha, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now, so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbathani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, Listen, he's calling for Elijah. And someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was God's son. This is the word of the Lord. The cross is an uncomfortable place, and yet it's a central place of the Christian faith. Uh, This cross I I stand alongside resembles uh, Jesus was on the cross for us. Uh, He was royal in his blood. He was God, and yet fully man. It's an uncomfortable place as we're confronted by death. And we're confronted by suffering. 
And as we look at it and we hear the testimony of what was done on the cross, the, the testimony of what was done on the cross was he died for me, for you, for us, that we would know forgiveness. And so the cross is an uncomfortable place because we have to ask this question of ourselves, am, am I really that bad? Was the world really that wrong? Is evil so evil that God could not just eradicate it from the world? And when we ask these questions, what we don't realize is that evil was so intertwined with the fabric of humanity that God needed to come in himself and deal with the root of the problem. You see, we say, God, why couldn't you just get rid of the evil? But part of the evil is inside of us. You see, deep at our core, uh, we don't seek the best for others. We don't seek to worship God. We, we seek of self deep at our core. Even from a young child, we seek for ourselves. Now, if you were to strip away evil without healing a person, people would die. Because evil's just so intertwined with personality and life that. Jesus had to come and live as one of us in order to deal with evil at its root. The problem is that evil can't be present with God. You see, at the cross, we're confronted by separation. We heard Psalm 22. We heard the cry of Jesus, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why Have you forsaken me? You see, Jesus, for all of eternity, had never been separate from the Father. As he went about his ministry on earth, he always saw what his Father was doing, and he did that. And he heard what his Father was saying, and he did that. He was never separated from his Father, and yet on the cross, what did he do? He took on the sin of the whole world. And holiness cannot be present with unholiness. And so when we look at the Old Testament and we've been looking at Nehemiah, we, we looked at the temple and how an unholy people couldn't commune with a holy God. And so here this morning, we, we've got this curtain of separation between us and we're going to receive communion later. But separation was a reality for them. Separation on the cross was a reality for Jesus. Jesus took upon himself all the past, present, future sin of the world. And the Father in all his holiness could not be present with that. And yet he was present in the suffering. Jesus on the cross confronts us with separation. But not only the separation that that he experienced on behalf of us on the cross to deal with sin. The separation between us and God. We'd like to think, uh, we'd like to have this thought in our head that God can just be with us. It it doesn't matter. But God is holy. He's perfect and we're not. In the beginning, uh, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. There, There was no separation until they chose. They made this choice. Uh... To not believe that what God had for them was good. And as they made this choice and ate of the fruit of the tree, God 
couldn't let them continue to live on eternally with this corruption in their being, without his presence with them. And so they were cast out, they were separated from God. And so on the cross, we're we're reminded of this separation. But we're also reminded that when we live apart from God, to live apart from God is death in itself. If you don't know God, you're disconnected from the one who is the life source of humanity. To go on in life without God is to go on and, and exist in life without the one who created us, without the one who gives us life and purpose and being and love. To live apart from God is to live dead. On the cross, we're confronted by our suffering Saviour. We're confronted by the one who did no wrong. The one who lived a perfect life. On the cross, we're confronted by the the one who was strung up between two criminals, two criminals that deserved to die, one set free. And yet here he was, innocent. Holy God, holy man, strung up on a cross, passes by, said, why don't you save yourself? He could have. He chose the cross. Why didn't you save yourself? He chose us. As his body was whipped, beaten, torn, he chose us. As he was on the cross, he chose us. And it was love that chose us. So with each whip of his body, with each pain in his body, with each part of suffering, he wasn't asking the God, God, His father, the question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he didn't know, he knew. He was suffering for us. It says in Hebrews that for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. What was the joy set before him? It was us, that he would redeem us, restore us into relationship with him and the father and the spirit. And that through the cross, we would be made one. But the path to life is a path downwards. The path to life is a path of suffering and death because the penalty of sin, the the penalty in order to reconcile us, to break down this curtain of separation, the penalty was death. And God himself took death upon himself in order to reconcile us to him. So as we come this Good Friday and we reflect on the cross, it's for us, for you, for me, that you may be forgiven and reconciled to God. And we remember Jesus' suffering for us, not, not out of a place of guilt, but with a solemn, that is a serious recognition of the significance of what Jesus has done for us.
Jesus on the cross for you, for me, for us, that we will be forgiven. Couldn't God just forgive us? You know, forget it, deal with it. No, he went to the cross because, you see, we want a God who is just. We want a God who deals with evil. And if we want a God who's just and who deals with evil, that means we need a God who's willing to deal with the evil inside of us. You see, we, we don't want to worship a God that just covers over sin. There's so much evil in this world that we hear about, that we see, and we want justice. And God brings justice for us at the cross. Forgiveness. He, he, he deals with his righteous anger against evil. There's this word, uh, propitiation. You may have heard of it, you may not. Propitiation is about the anger of God being satisfied. The anger of God over evil being satisfied. We want a God who angers at evil. We anger at evil. But that anger, that righteous anger needs to be satisfied. And on the cross, God didn't expect someone else to take it for him. On the cross, God took on his very own righteous, just anger for us. God didn't thrust it on an unwilling son. Jesus, the son, went to the cross for us. That the anger of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit over evil, over injustice in this world will be propitiated, that is, dealt with once and for all. But at the cross, it didn't just stop at forgiveness. Healing and cleansing happened there. Expiation is this other word that you may have heard of connected to the cross. That is, uh, expiated, that we are expiated of the presence of sin, that we are cleansed of the presence of sin. For all who trust in what Jesus did on the cross, he has made a new way by his blood. That is, we are cleansed, renewed, made new through his blood, through his cleaning of us as a people that we might start new, start fresh. If you walk along in life and you carry lots of guilt over what has been done, you can leave it at the cross, knowing that it's forgiven there. Now, you, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing to say, you might say, but I still feel guilty. Well, if you're still feeling guilty, you haven't left it at the cross because I know the God who I worship is able to cleanse and renew and heal of all guilt to set free of shame because that's what he achieved on the cross. And I've set people who have done, seen people who have done significant things set free from overwhelming burden of guilt that they've been carrying around themselves set free as they put their trust in what Jesus has done at the cross for them, for us. Reconciliation is one for us at the cross. You see, what we do, when we do evil, when we live selfishly in a way that doesn't love God and love others, we put a barrier between us and God. We put up the barrier. God at the cross, 
brings down the barrier, but when we do wrong, we put up a barrier. We put up a dividing wall of hostility between us and God. And God cares. That's why he went to the cross. That's why we remember this Good Friday that God went to the cross for us, for the whole human race. He went to the cross to bring down a dividing wall of hostility so that we will be reconciled to him. And there's no other way. There's no other way to to deal with evil and separation from a holy God other than through dealing with sin on the cross. And Jesus did it for us. And he defeated death on the cross. One of the things that, that we're not exposed to as much in life these days is death. But death is a reality. This last, these last years, death has been like a counter on our TV screens. Numbers ticking up of people that have died across the world. Death is a reality for all of us. One day, each of us will encounter it. What happens at death? Does separation continue? Have we turned to Jesus, the one who through his death, offers us life so that anyone who believes in him will not perish but may have eternal life. At at the cross, the earth shook. There's a historically recorded earthquake that happened at the time that Jesus died on the cross. At the cross, darkness was dealt with. It said from 12 noon to 3 p.m., the sky was dark. This wasn't a solar eclipse. You see, for, for once in all of eternity, the light that had shone since the beginning of time on the sun, Jesus refused to shine on the one that carried sin and died for us. And as the ground shook and the rocks split, the dead rose. I don't know if you've ever read that bit of scripture that the, the ground shook, the rocks split, and those who were in the tombs rose and appeared to many. There's many questions I have in the Bible, and that's one of them. God, what happened with all the people that rose from the dead and appeared to many witnesses in the town? What happened? I I don't know. But that dividing wall between death and life was broken down by Jesus on the cross. Now, where was God the Father at the time? He was making a way. He was making a way for us that we will be able to enter into the holy place. And so as the rocks split and the earth shook and as Jesus breathed his last on the cross, the curtain was torn. And we say, well, isn't a way just open that we can go in now that the curtain was torn in two? Can't we just all go in? Why do we need to focus on the cross and what Jesus did? Isn't it just salvation for all? But... It's by his blood. His blood on the cross is what makes a way for us. And by his blood, we're invited to enter in. You see, Jesus was the Passover lamb who was slain for the sins of the whole world on the cross for us. Can't I just be friends with God? Isn't God just one who loves me and wants to be my friend He does, but his way is through Jesus, the one that says, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life, no one can come to the Father except through me. And so this uh, Good Friday, we memorialize the death of Christ because it's the road to life. The path upwards to God is a path downwards as we remember his death and we come and we look forward to his resurrection on Easter Sunday. We remember that that's a journey that's not just a journey that he took, it's a journey that we're invited to take, to pick up our cross, to follow him, to trust in what he's done on the cross, to lay down our life and take up the life that's offered to us. See, death doesn't have to be the end. Sin doesn't have to be the end. Guilt doesn't have to be the end. Broken relationships, a divided world, it doesn't have to be the end. Evil doesn't have to have the last word. Death does not have the last word. And we declare that here today as we celebrate the cross and what Jesus has done for us. Let me pray and our our musicians are going to come up and we're going to sing together. Father God, we we thank you that on the cross you died for us. That on the cross you made a way for us to know you, a, a new and living way by your blood. Your blood shed for us. Lord, we may be distant from you. Draw us near. We may wrestle with the pride within our own heart that we're enough and we can do it and we can live a good life, but convict us, Lord, where we need conviction of our need for you in life and death. For you are our living hope and we turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen.